0: DiscerningHearts.com presents Beginning to Pray with Dr. Anthony Lillis Dr. Lillis is a professor of spiritual theology at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado He is a graduate of the Pontifical University at St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome He specializes in the wisdom of the saints and mystics of the church and in particular Carmelite spirituality He is also the author of Hidden Mountain, Secret Garden, a Theological Contemplation on Prayer. In this particular series of episodes, we focus in on the mystery of faith in the wisdom of the saints. Beginning to Pray with Dr. Anthony Lillis. I'm your host, Chris McGregor.
1: If love then is the deepest truth about human existence, if this is that for which we are made and that which made us, if love is what made us and love is what we've been made for, then how we mature, how we enter into a maturity as Christian men and women will also be characterized by love. And Bernard explores this in his treatise on the degrees of love or his treatise on love. And that's what we're going to look at today. It requires that we the look at person a little bit different than we're inclined to look at person or individual today.
0: In that on Loving God by Saint Bernard, I mean he opens up with a uh, questions. This it seems as though there are many of those in this. And it starts out, why should we love God? I mean, what is and what is the measure of that love? I mean, that's I, I think one of the most important things that the human person can ask themselves.
1: Yes, this powerful question, uh, why should we love God? The answer, of course, is because God loves us and he loves us immeasurably. And the only proper response to the immeasurable love of God uh, that has been lavished in our lives, and we're not even aware of it, but it is it is being lavished in our lives even right now. No matter our pain or our suffering, we are immersed in the love of God. We're just, we might be cold to it. We might be hard, hard-hearted to it. We might not be aware of it, but it's all around us. What's the proper response to that? Once you begin to see that love, the more you see that love, you realize the only proper response to the love of God in our lives is to love him with all our strength, with all our might, with all our our minds, with all our whole being. Because it's the only way you can – the only proper way you can respond to the immeasurable love of God. The immeasurable love of God for us requires on our part an immeasurable response in return. And those who are willing to make that response, they find themselves on a pathway to human maturity It's just – exquisite. It's absolutely beautiful. And that's what we want to see in this lecture.
0: So take us into the the heart of this, Anthony.
1: Okay. Well, to begin with, we need to look at the concept of person. We tend to look at person as isolated individual. And so I'm a person against other people who are out there. And as I said at one point, you know, unless I fight for what I need, uh, uh, it's going to be taken away from me. I'm going to be vulnerable. And so in that worldview, there's a lot of enmity between us and we are alienated from one another. And ultimately because of the alienation, we suffer from tremendous loneliness. You know, loneliness, I think in our marriages, in fact, has been uh, one of the the things that have wrecked so many marriages. You have people living together who are extremely lonely because they are Living together has alienated individuals. And Bernard is going to show us the pathway from. This alienation into becoming a true full person. So, what is Bernard's concept of person? Bernard's ultimate concept of person comes from his contemplation of the Holy Trinity. And if you look at the Holy Trinity, everything the Father has belongs to the Son, and everything the Son has belongs to the Father. And they share that love for one another through uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the communicator of all the gifts of the Father and the Son to each other that we get to participate in when. We receive that gift. In other words, Bernard's vision of the Trinity is a a vision of a communion of persons who are perpetually, eternally, and always for each other. They're always... Implicated in each other's will and each other's knowledge, they're always sharing these goods among each other's persons, and they're able to do this because they have one divine will and one divine uh, knowledge, uh, one mind. God is simple. God is one. We are able to do this because we are created in the image and likeness of that simplicity. That simplicity that is revealed in the gift of person. A person. Given over for love, and even Vatican II reaffirms this teaching that we find in Saint Bernard. We find in the the document *Gaudium et Spes*. It's somewhere after paragraph 22. I don't have the paragraph number in front of me right now. The Dogmatic Constitution of the Church of the Modern World says that God has created us in such wise that we only discover the truth about who we are by the gift of ourselves. Only as we give ourselves to another do we discover the truth about who we really are, and that. Conviction that we find in Vatican II, we find in this treatise by Saint Bernard about who the human person is. The human person is someone whose the truth of which is revealed in the giving of themselves to another. And um, and that's what marriage is supposed to be. And we're going to see that more with St. Hildegard. But uh, for, for now, we're going to step back from the question of marriage and just kind of look at what does this look like for the, for the human person? What does it look like as they give themselves over to greater and greater love? And, And so he's going to give us four degrees. These degrees, the way he calls them is very counterintuitive. And I actually know scholars who would kind of object to some of his language in in this. But once you see what he's trying to get at, his points are, are valid and beautiful points. But what are these four degrees? He says the first degree of love, the first step of learning to love is to love yourself for your own sake. And we'll come back to that, but let me just list these first because it isn't that in- counterintuitive. He's going to tell us how we are to love God, but he begins with, you can't even love God until you love yourself for your own sake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the second step is that you need to learn to love God for your own sake. And so those two s- steps, don't they sound just a little bit selfish? I'm loving myself and I'm loving God for me. <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> It does
0: sound, it it could lead to the potential of self-absorption.
1: It could, except if you keep in mind the self, the I that Bernard has in mind. Bernard can't conceive of a self that's an alienated individual that's self-absorbed because for him the self is always in communion, always implicated with everybody else. And so we're going to see that to love yourself for your own sake means to also love your neighbor for his own sake and to love God for your own sake means to love God not only for your sake, but also for your neighbor's sake. And so it's, do you mm-hmm. see it's very mm-hmm. relational?
0: That's right. Sounds like a trinity
1: almost. It, it becomes that. Because uh, the third step, it, and this tr- kind of transform. Uh, is a movement into deeper kind of life with god i would call it the mystical life the first kind first two degrees of love are ascetical this is what i can do in my life with the help of grace the first kinds of love but the second two loves are loves that god does in me when i say yes to him and so that is to love god for god's own sake uh we're going to see what this means but but God is able to infuse into our hearts a love by which we are able to love him because he is so good and beautiful and true. And uh, and in this degree, we are absolutely in love with God and in love with his Trinitarian mystery. But Bernard says that that's not the highest love. That's a very high love. But the greatest, the highest love of all, and again, this is counterintuitive and sounds self-absorbing if you don't understand what he means by myself or i and that is this last stage is i love myself for god's sake i love myself for god's sake hmm. and remember self is the self in communion so that means i love myself but i love all my brothers and sisters i'm concerned for their salvation because i realize how much more god is concerned about it and because it's so burning so much on god's heart it burns in my heart too so i love myself for God's sake, is the highest degree of love for St. Bernard. So let me back up now and kind of uh, go through those four stages. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely. Please do.
1: So let's start with that stage to love myself for my own sake. And and bearing in mind, again, the self that we're talking about is the self who's in communion with others. St. Bernard describes this This person has someone who takes care of themselves. They make sure they're eating right and sleeping right and uh, and that they have relationships with other people. They're living a wholesome, good life. Now, I want to make one observation about this. A lot of people think that when they're living the Christian life, they start patting themselves on the back about all the things they're giving up and all the great things they've done for Jesus. Well, it's true they they've made some sacrifices for Jesus, and there is some uh, reason to praise and thank God that you've had the grace to do that in your life. But you need to stop kidding yourself. All these things that you're doing for Jesus, you're actually doing for yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know— you're just taking care of yourself when you go to bed on time and when you wake up in the morning. You're just taking care of yourself when you control how much you eat, so that you're not eat snacking in between meals all the time. Uh, but uh, but instead, you eat uh, meals with people because it's a healthy thing to do. You use meals for for communion with others. Uh, that's a healthy thing to do, so that your eating habits don't become a selfish indulgence. Well, I mean, you can do that out of love for Jesus, but you know, you gotta also be truthful, when you do this, it feels pretty good to do. It feels awful when you're always stuffing your mouth all by yourself Mm -hmm. and you're just uh, consuming things for out of self indulgence. It feels good when you share a meal with somebody else and you eat at appointed times. It's called taking care of yourself. It's called loving yourself. And just like we do that with uh, eating and sleeping, we also do that with our, our prayer time. Having daily prayer is not a great sacrifice, making the prayer Prayer, a priority in our lives, doesn't cost us anything at all. It's good for us. I, I once had a a, a a doctor, who an eye doctor, who was, he was Buddhist. I was very concerned because of uh, uh, something that was going on, on with my eyes. He said, you know, you Westerners, you get so anxious about your bodies all the time. You don't spend enough time in meditation. If you would just spend more time in meditation, you would find yourself a lot less upset about things in life. And uh, a lot more accepting. I was thinking the whole time he's talking, here is this Buddhist telling me, a Christian, that I need to pray more and, <laughs> and trust God more. He was doing it in his own way, and he didn't use that language a lot, but he identified the problem right on. I was all worried about my health, and the, and that's a symptom. That kind of worry and anxiety is a symptom that I'm not trusting God. I need to spend more time in prayer. And the more time you spend in prayer, the more you find yourself taking care of yourself, um, uh, doing things that are good for you. When you do not spend time in prayer, when you do not get enough sleep, when you when you're always stuffing yourself with uh, snacks and so forth, you're not taking care of yourself. You exhaust yourself. And all of a sudden, you're not free in your life to do good works, to do things that build other people up. And so this is the other thing that St. Bernard talks about in this stage of love. And that is that as you grow in the stage of love, as you meet your own needs, you begin to understand how, how much your neighbor has needs and that in order to protect and promote their dignity, you need to make sure that they're eating right and that they have a a safe place they can go to where they can sleep and get the rest they need so that they too can live a good and wholesome life. And um, so do you see the discipline of the Christian life, all the fasting we observe, all the prayer we observe, the daily mass, the going to confession, the first degree of love, the first degree is degree in which we're doing these things because they're good for us to do. And we're taking care of ourselves by doing it. And so people who are not doing these things or if you yourself find yourself a little bit sluggish and a little bit too self-indulgent, uh, St. Bernard is saying, take care of yourself. You're meant for something so much more. Don't destroy your life by living for frivolous things and and don't, don't put yourself in harm's way and ruin your health because you're too self-indulgent. Instead, live a disciplined life. A life that will let the love of God in. And as you do this, you're taking care of yourself, you're loving yourself for your own sake, you become capable of greater kinds of loves in your life. You become uh, more aware of the needs of others and, and what's good for them in their lives too. I think a lot of moms and dads struggle with being good parents in the beginning because they, in their own life, aren't that disciplined. And if they would embrace the discipline of the Christian life just a little bit more, they would know how to take care of their children and each other better. And so I talked about you know, the the couple that's been alienated from each other that's suffering from that horrible pain of loneliness. Well, are they taking care of themselves the way they should? Are they going to bed on time and waking up on time? Are they spending time cultivating their own friendship with each other and talking to each other and going for walks? Are they having meals together? Are they praying together? Are they able to go to mass together? You know, those are the things that make a healthy marriage. And when people do those things, they, they are loving themselves for their own sake. They're opening themselves up to greater kinds of love.
0: There's an instance in AA where it's a wonderful thing I think you can use for everyday life. It's called HALT. If you mm. wake up and you find that you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, then Mm. halt. I dare say there's not a day that doesn't go by where I don't encounter someone who is suffering from one of those four symptoms. They either wake up hungry, they're angry, they wake up lonely, or they're tired. Mm. And that seems to be quite a four symptoms that we just have to stop and look at what's going on in our lives. Are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating the right foods? And then are we turning things over to the Lord?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and oftentimes what's going on when people aren't taking care of themselves there's a fundamental lack of trust in the Lord and uh and the, actually this point to tell you the truth dovetails tells into the the next degree of love. You see, in order to really take care of yourself and take care of your neighbor, one of the things that you need to do in order to to get the sleep you need in order to make sure your neighbor is getting the sleep they need in their lives or the food they need or the prayer they need or the prayer you need. One of the things you need to do is to trust God and his divine providence. And that divine providence is being showered on us all the time. But St. Bernard says, As you see that divine providence, as you see God help you through all these situations that look totally hopeless and you wonder how it's going to to work out, but you you persevere in loving yourself and loving those that God has entrusted to you. As you do that and you you come to rely more more on divine providence, one of the things that begins to happen in your life as you experience this goodness of God is you also begin to say inevitably in your heart, you know. God is really taking care of me in some really splendid ways. Mm-hmm. God must be pretty good <laughs> and in your heart you begin to love God because He's been so good to you and so good to those that you love. and do you see how that's a beginning of a friendship? God mm-hmm. has uh, you and God are kind of implicated in the in the same work. you want to take care of yourself and those you love and God wants to take care of you and those you love. And uh, and as you do that, you realize what a wonderful God we have, a God who actually implicates himself into uh, our affairs and our concerns and our plights. He's actually concerned about what's going on in our lives. This is not a self-interested God. This is not an alienated God who doesn't care about us. This is a God who really loves us. And you can't help but want to love him back. And so that's the second degree of love. With what you were talking about in terms of of halt, I think it's very difficult to halt, to just stop. If we're not living according to the divine providence, Mm -hmm. if we think that it's all up to us, it's hard to stop. But when, when you realize how good God is to us and how much he's loved us and how much he cares about our plight, it's easier to stop.
0: We'll return to Beginning to Pray with Dr. Anthony Lillis in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages
1: Amen. Hello,
0: my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, What you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Beginning to Pray with Dr. Anthony Lulis.
1: I mentioned before that the four degrees of love, we actually come into a very interesting transition point because up until now, we've loved ourselves for our sake and we've loved God for our sake. But St. Bernard says there's an even deeper love that went, as we learn to love God, for the good things he's doing in our lives. We come to love God because of who he is in himself. And um, that kind of love of God is um, a participation in the very love that he has uh, in himself. It's participation in the Trinitarian love of God. The gift of the Holy Spirit communicates that kind of love in our hearts. And we can say yes to it. Uh, The Holy Spirit gives us a knowledge of who the Father is and who Jesus is, and it's a knowledge that goes way beyond all the good and wonderful things that God has done for us personally in our lives and extends out to things that are utterly mysterious to us. God wants to show us his whole heart. St. Thomas Aquinas Writes about this in the Summa Theologica, part one, question 43, where he talks about the invisible or spiritual missions of the Son and the Spirit. And he says that the Father is always sending the Son and the Spirit in our life. And the first reason why he sends the Son and the Spirit in our life is because he wants us to be able to enjoy the Father wants us to be able to enjoy the presence of the Holy Trinity in our hearts. And that's what's going on in this stage of love. We're learning to enjoy the presence of God who is in us by grace. And it's the beginning of a very beautiful and tender friendship. But it requires on our part, as we feel that love, we need to let that love draw us into deeper and deeper prayer and deeper and deeper relationship with the Holy Trinity. The final stage of love, the stage by which we Love ourselves for God's sake is the stage in which in the first stage we we got captivated by the mystery of God. We learned to enjoy it. St. Thomas says there's another reason why God gives himself to us in prayer, sends himself into our hearts, uh, sends the Son and the Spirit into our hearts. And that reason is in addition that we might enjoy his presence, the Father has some great purpose for each one of us a purpose that involves the fire of God's love burning in us, and a purpose that involves us sharing that love with the world and setting the world on fire with the mercy of God. And for each soul, that special work, that unique work, is totally different. And God has a special plan for each one of us, and he's entrusted part of that special plan to each one of us in a unique and privileged way. And in a very beautiful way, he's counting on us to say yes. But unless we learn to love him in that earlier stage of love where we love God for his own sake, we will not be able to receive this kind of love that allows us to love ourselves and our neighbors for his sake, allows us to burn with a passion that burns in the heart of the Holy Trinity. Anyway, this highest stage of love, I think, if we had just a little bit more of it in our lives and in the church today, the whole world would be on fire. Uh, And that is the wisdom of St. Bernard.
0: Any final thoughts?
1: I just would say that those who want to follow this wisdom laid out by St. Bernard, it's the kind of thing to begin to talk about with your spiritual director. And if you don't have one, a very good spiritual friend, someone to say, you know, look at your spiritual practices, but also some of the just regular practices in your life and ask yourself the question, are these practices ordered? Are they ordered to the providence of God? And one very special way, and this sounds counterintuitive, and we'll look at this in the future, but one way that we do not take care of ourselves very well in our society is we do not take care of ourselves in terms of observing the evangelical counsel of poverty. Jesus asks us to embrace poverty not because he thinks that we need to make some great sacrifice for him, He's just fine. He doesn't need our poverty Mm -hmm. uh, or things that we can give him uh, by our poverty. He counseled us for, for poverty first and foremost because it's good for us individually. The Holy Father, Pope Francis, said this several months ago. He said that today there are riches that are crowding out the spiritual life. And some of these riches are in terms of an excess of material things. Do we need to go into our garages and through our houses and give away some of the things that are just clutter in our lives that are demanding attention that we don't that aren't isn't worthy of us. Are there some things that we can give that might be uh, helpful for other people? If we are men and women who live in communion with others, are there things in our house that others might benefit from more than we do? And by giving away those things with love, we're making space for divine providence in our lives. Uh, but the the other thing the Pope said that I I think is another kind of riches that we need to be able to give up so that we can enter into love, is the riches that we have in terms of making commitments in our lives. You know, when we uh, vow ourselves to each other in marriage, when we promise ourselves to each other in marriage, those sacred bonds mean that we need to say no to other relationships in our uh, our lives, and we even need to say no to entertaining the possibility of other relationships in our lives. We need to make that renunciation deep in our heart. As long as we cling to those other possibilities, we are clinging to a kind of riches and we are not poor. If we want to follow our crucified master, Jesus, who made himself poor for our sake, we need to let go of possibilities that don't belong to us anymore so that we can say yes to the poverty that makes us vulnerable to the providence of god
0: beautiful thank you so much anthony
1: thank you chris god bless you
0: you've been listening to beginning to pray with dr anthony willis to hear and or to download this episode or to learn more about the mystical doctors and teachings of the saints go to discerninghearts.com this has been a production of discerninghearts.com i'm your host chris mcgregor Join me next time for Beginning to Pray with Dr. Anthony Lewis.